I'm Mark Pender for Econo Day with Mark Rogers, Senior Economist for Econo Day. We're taping midday Monday. It's hard to have a week go by without recapping the latest Fed thinking on when QE tapering might start. We got FOMC minutes last week. What did we learn, Mark? Well, basically, uh, the, the vast majority of the FOMC participants uh, decided that uh, taper is still data dependent. And basically, we're going to have to watch the numbers. Um, there are a few who argued for a specific timetable, but uh, data, depends, data dependency rules. Um, uh, the Fed staff economist uh, described the economy uh, saying that economic activity continues to rise at a moderate pace. Uh, there, there were some interesting points. Uh, the Fed was paying attention to the, the federal government impasse and had a special FOMC meeting to, to consider options if necessary. Uh, the Fed did not have to engage in special actions uh, since the impasse was resolved. Uh, but uh, going ahead... Uh, the Fed is emphasizing that it is preparing for taper. The Fed is not saying when it's going to taper, but it's very clear that uh, the Fed is preparing to taper. The New York Fed is practicing uh, token amounts of reverse repo operations. and. Uh, that's something that everyone needs to add to their vocabulary, uh, reverse repo operations. And the Fed is practicing those at the uh, New York trading desk. And uh, the Fed emphasizes uh, there's no decision on the timing, but they're ready for whenever the timing is decided. I mean, would they be more ready or are they more ready if they weren't? Uh in the October 30th meeting, they didn't have the October jobs report, which was very strong and which was released uh, November 8th. How does that, would they have up, uh, uh, upgraded maybe a little bit their economic outlook? Uh, that's a, a very uncertain issue, just very uncertain. And there's marginal improvement. Uh, they're, they're quite, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's bimodal. There, there are clearly those within the FOMC who think that the labor market is still vastly too weak. Unemployment is still very elevated. And then there are others who think that the economy is improving and that there is inflation potential. But if you look at the data on inflation, uh, it's very easy to argue that uh, inflation numbers are vastly below the the Fed's target of two percent. Home price inflation, however, is on the rise, and we're seeing a that along with higher mortgage rates are reducing affordability and appear to be really hitting the. Uh, home sector now with pending home sales, which was released this morning, uh, showing a fifth straight decline. 
Uh, that's right. We, it looks like uh, we're seeing some shifts within um, sectors of the uh, economy in terms of the recovery. It looks like uh, housing is leveling off and maybe, and we're hoping, that manufacturing is regaining some steam. But based on Fed policies of uh, quantitative easing, yeah, mortgage rates, they've come up, but they're still relatively low. And uh, we, we are seeing continued gains in prices for homes. And how does, that, how does the home equity improvement now, that, let's look at the positive sides of that, Mark. Tell us. Uh, the, po the positive side is that uh, if home prices are rising, which they have been, we've seen that both by measures of FHFA and also Case-Shiller, uh, that's a boost to consumer confidence. It also actually frees up home sales in terms of um, uh, homes not being underwater as they had been a few years ago. So uh, this has been part of the Fed strategy in terms of raising asset prices, not just stock prices, but also home prices. So this is part of the Fed strategy of maintaining the recovery. And even if we do see some slippage in sales, what what is more important is to see continued gains in home prices. Uh, and tomorrow we have the housing starts data. Well, not really the housing starts data. Tell us what 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 what's going on. Well, we're we're st <laughs> we're still seeing lagged effects of the federal government impasse on the budget. And uh, just this morning, the Commerce Department, the Census Bureau announced that uh, for tomorrow's release, which had been replanned, I'm, I'm losing phrases for <laughs> delays <laughs> and so forth. The, the replanned release tomorrow has been replanned again where uh, due to uh, data collection difficulties, we will not get housing starts numbers for September and October as uh, replanned. However, we will get housing permit numbers for September and October. So we get we'll get a part we will get two partial housing starts. Well, I'm not even sure I should call it a housing start report. We're going to get uh, two two reports on housing permits tomorrow, but not housing starts. And uh, the housing starts data will come out in December. Well, the permits are an important uh, piece of information, also a component. They, they track closely I, with starts. They track closely. Oh, and let's return back to a manufacturing uh, and if it's picking up the slack or not. Last week we had a national manufacturing flash reading for market economics, which had been showing slow rates of growth, slower rates of growth than many other uh, reports. But all of a sudden we see this big acceleration. Now they're uh, running about the same uh, area as the ISM. Um, but we also had regional reports, uh, the Philly Fed report, which was soft. 
and, and which was also soft for the Empire State Report. What was interesting to me, Mark, was the economic commentary focused right on the Philly Fed and Empire State and excluded the new kid on the block uh, market economics, which is a national uh, sample. That's right. I, I, I think I think markets need to start giving the market PMI more attention. It's it's actually a better sample than the ISM report, and we did uh, see a good number for the orders component within that report. And just uh, today, we saw from the Dallas Fed, which is sort of a new kid on the block also, uh, the Dallas Fed shows strength in the production index. and. Um, what's not realized frequently is uh, the Texas manufacturing economy is the second largest by state area in the country, second only to California. So uh, by some measures, uh, the Dallas Fed manufacturing index probably should get a little more attention than uh, certainly Empire State and probably even Philly Fed. Now, why do you say that the uh, market economic sample is better than the ISMs? Well, it, it, basically it has a larger sample size. Statistically, it's more reliable. Uh, and uh, well, the ISM sample size is like 250 out of a 350 panel somewhere in there. Is that what the uh, market economic... They're, uh... I, I don't remember the exact number, but the, the market PMI has a larger sample. Well, what's your total take then on manufacturing, Mark? It looks like, and, and we have coming up this week, we had the, the, the big item for manufacturing is going to be the durables orders report. And, of course, that's always volatile. So uh, we need to look at uh, the excluding transportation component, of course. But even though we're having mixed numbers from the regional surveys, it, it does look like we're improving moderately in terms of the manufacturing sector. Thank you very much. As always, Mark Rogers of Econoday. I'm Mark Pender for Econoday.